The Rise of Skywalker came into our living rooms last month, and as you can imagine, we have opinions. Find out what they are in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi, I'm Travis, and I'm joined by Tim and John Dotson. And thanks for listening to Star Wars Radio. I I mean, Cheerful Ghost Radio. We talk about Star Wars so much, it's easy to get that mixed up. The Rise of Skywalker home release has been out for a bit, and as we like to do with home releases of our favorite films, we're coming back around to talk about the quality of the special features and how our thoughts may have changed. The Force brought you together. We're not alone. So Star Wars Day just passed this uh, a few weeks ago on May 4th. What did you guys do to celebrate? Do you have any traditions or any anything you'd like to do every year? Uh, John, how about you start us off? Well, I don't know if this is like any different than normal, but, you know, you get up on Star Wars Day and you put a Star Wars shirt on. And so it's kind of fun. You know, my, you know, Finley, he wears a Star Wars shirt. My uh, partner, Francesca, she'll wear a Star Wars shirt as well. So that's really fun. And we try to do something Star Wars. You know, there's a lot more Star Wars movies now than there used to be. Um, you know, we're reviewing the. The, the, the ninth and final film in the Skywalker um, anthology series. And, and, and that's really cool. So there's quite a lot to pick from um, this year. Uh, we did a couple new things. So he we've had these uh, TIE fighter pancake um, things that if you just put it on the pancake and you put your batter inside, they make like a little TIE fighter and that, that sort of thing. So he re- my, my son Finley really wanted me to make those this year. And we did. Uh, he really liked those a lot. And by the way, um, the best TIE fighter pancakes who add little chocolate chips. And uh, according to my son, <laughs> he really likes that a lot. And um, so I gave him a choice this year. I was like, OK, w- which movie do you want to watch? And by the way, the choice was a mistake. And I gave him a choice between Solo, a Star Wars story and The Last Jedi. And he chose Solo, a Star Wars story. And I'm like, I don't know, but it's a little dark. Do you think like, do you you, you, you really want to watch something? It's like, I want to watch Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm like, OK. So we watched Solo, a Star Wars story, and I, you know, he got bored of that really quickly. I I just don't think anything really grabbed him right away. Like he stopped watching it when they were in the speeder chase, (laughs) you know, all the way in. (laughs) Okay, that's like, what, five, ten minutes in or something? Right away, right away, right away. So I'm like, okay, well, that didn't work. So then we started watching The Last Jedi. He watched, he liked that a lot more. Um, he, he liked that a lot more. Um, and then, you know, he was really excited. I could wax on and about the last Jedi. I probably talk about it as we get into the surprise of Skywalker blur. I don't know how we couldn't talk about it maybe, but he loves that Luke Skywalker fight with Kylo Ren at the end. In fact, he loves that so much that we were reenacting it together. So he thinks he, he thought it was awesome to be master Luke as Kylo Ren, you know, gets his lightsaber, you know, and, and Luke like, you know, kind of leans back and lets it go right over the top of him. You know how they never actually touch their lightsabers actually never touch in that scene. And he just, you know, 
you know, dodges all those shots. He thinks that's the coolest lightsaber thing he's ever seen, which I, I think it's great, you know, and so he liked that a lot. And I was screaming like, I bet you have when he would, you know, and he would say like, I failed you, Ben. You know, he, he really likes saying that together. So, you know, we have, we have a good time. Watch it, watch a film, wear the shirts, you know, a little bit, a little bit of food. You know, I talk about, you know, May the 4th at work. You know, I, I don't know what anyone else does, but it's all pretty light. It's all pretty light, but we, ha- we have a lot of fun with it. How about you, Tim? Uh, well, you, you know, my, my celebration's a little bit different because uh, May 4th is actually my birthday. So uh, normally my, tr- my tradition is May 4th is usually like right around the beginning of like the summer blockbuster season. There used to be, you know, a big Marvel movie or something like that come out. And so for my birthday, just whatever is the closest weekend, get some friends I think together. Black Widow should out. have come out if it wasn't for COVID. I think Black that, Widow would have been. Yeah, out that already, was right? the one that was supposed to come out this year. So usually my my May 4th celebrations are whatever the closest weekend is. Grab some friends. We go out for dinner. Then we go catch the movie. And then, you know, hang out afterwards. Obviously, that did not happen this year. (laughs) Really? Why not? So, yeah. So, um, so May 4th happened to be on a Monday this year. I decided I was just going to go ahead and take the day off from work. um, uh, Let my boss know that it wasn't going to be available. And I slept in. And then I basically spent the rest of the day building Legos. It just so happened that for Christmas, I got a... uh, like a, one of the big Millennium Falcon Lego sets. Oh, whoa. And that's so awesome. that was what I did that day as I just hung out, built that, <laughs> you know, because couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't really do much else. And yeah, that was that was my day. How far did you get through building the set? What percentage were you do? Or by, by the end of the day? Oh, I finished it. Oh, wow. And hold yeah, it. that's it. great, man. That was a, you must have blasted through it then. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, this was the... Um, uh, the the version from the solo movie, so it wasn't the was it the old school one, but it's still a, a really awesome set, and I had a lot of fun building it. So it had the um, the thing that they ejected in in the movie that's on the front, and it didn't have it the is. dish yet, and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Was it blue? It was blue too, right? Kind of blue. It, yeah, it's got some like blue accents on yeah, it. Yeah, fun. Nice. Yes, yeah. it's got the little escape pod on the front, which does detach. You know, <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Yeah, aside from just like reading people's May the 4th jokes and stuff like that and participating in some of those in Slack with guys I work with, really the only Star Wars-y thing that we did was watching the last episode of The Clone Wars, which dropped that day. And I'm not going to give anybody any spoilers, but wow, those last few episodes of that show were incredible. And the way it kind of wove into episode three makes me really want to watch a super cut of somebody like figuring out the timeline and basically make a four hour movie that puts all of it together. It was, it was fantastic. Tim, I know you watched clone wars. Have you caught up on that with the new stuff? Oh no, I'm, I'm back in like season four. Oh, okay. I think. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm, I'm way behind. You're going to love it when you get there. Eventually it, it, it was fantastic. I, I think I saw on IMDb, the last four episodes were all rated 9.9, which is insane for any TV show. Oh, dang. Much less an animated show. But yeah. Yeah, that's about the only thing Star Wars, the idea on Star Wars Day. 
Hello, podcast friends. This is John Dotson, host of Cheerful Ghost Radio and the creator of Tale of the White Wyvern. If you listen to this show, you might be a fan of Cheerful Ghost, and maybe you read the articles on our site. And I've also checked out our new text-based adventure mini-MMO, Tale of the White Wyvern. Cheerful Ghost is a scrappy indie community that makes awesome text games, and we'd love any support you can give us. Right now, if you head to Cheerful Ghost and hit the heart button, you have some incredible support options in that you can use to start in that you could donate a few dollars through paypal if you wanted to do a bit more you can buy a cheerful ghost membership that gets you some great supporter perks on cheerful ghost as well as unlock some member only titles and alternative cosmetic weapon armor and hat sets in tale of the white wyvern including the coveted horse armor on top of the ability to donate a few dollars or get a cheerful ghost membership we also have a tale of the white wyvern merch store so you can adorn yourself with the best looking shirts and mugs from your favorite text adventure mini MMO. I love the mug and personally use it to use it today to drink some coffee, which, you know, might be the best way to drink coffee, might be the best way to drink coffee that was ever invented. Uh, at least I think so. Hopefully you do, too. So we thank you for your support and only want you to donate or become a member, or buy merch if you can swing it, so don't do anything that puts you in financial trouble, friend. So thanks again, and hopefully we can keep Cheerful Ghost independent through your continued support. So we all got uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Tim, which version of it did you get? Well, I I opted to just go ahead and get the regular Blu-ray version. I was really leaning towards the the 4K, but I don't actually have anything that can play a 4K disc. And yeah, I I just opted to save 10 bucks and get the regular Blu-ray version. John, how about you? Yeah, so, you know, I'm just like Tim. I don't actually have a 4K player or a 4K TV, but I can't stop buying some things in 4K because eventually I will. I, I, the reason why I didn't get one earlier was because my son was really good at throwing things that are 1080p TV and he would have <laughs> broke it. I would have broken my soul. So I'm like waiting until it's safer. And now he's not destroying everything. So like, you know, and, and then and I just keep seeing, you know, 4K TV is getting so much better and cheaper that I'm just like the longer I wait, I, I it's like a religion now. You know what I mean? It's like everything's getting so much better. It's like, do I wait for 8K now or do I just do it? But I think I'm going to get a 4K TV this uh, probably this uh, holiday. Like probably almost no question about that. But so I bought the um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker on 4K. And like I have purchased many times before, I got the Target exclusive bonus content edition. Now they're getting to the point with the exclusive bonus condition, content edition where not only does it come with exclusive bonus content um, on a disc, but it comes with an exclusive art book. And um, the packaging of these versions is great. They've, they've like perfected it in terms of Target doing its thing, which is like, you know, low packaging but actually really high design and it it opens out really well and the discs fit in properly and the art book is like not huge but not teeny and just just right for the thing you know and it sort of warrants its extra eight dollar price point but that's what i got um i also got a couple other things too um one of my friends um for christmas bought me the stuff well got me the Star Wars trilogy despecialized edition on Blu-ray. And you're like, how, you can't buy those. Those are right. Harmy made those. Those are fan cuts. You're right. So 
he got some bootleg Blu-ray version of the despecialized edition. Now, I have all, I've had these for years, obviously, mm-hmm. but I haven't had them on a disc. And it's really nice to have them because one of my other friends is like, man, you know, I really want to watch because I have Disney Plus. I really want to watch Star Wars without any of the extra bits. And I'm like, well, I have those actually on Blu-ray. And he's like, oh, I want to borrow them now. So I have them now. And that's really cool. That's another thing I got. And then finally, um, I'm going to let Travis talk about this. Um, but guys, I have, I love, I love Star Wars. You know how much I love Star Wars. I collect Star Wars on, I've got eight versions of Star Wars on VHS. I'm not even kidding. Different collections. (laughs) I've got Star Wars on DVD. I've got the original 2011 Blu-rays. I've got, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera, versions of Star Wars. And there was this new 4k, all the Star Wars movies Mm, on 4k. Yes. yes. Travis is going to talk about it, but I bought it too. Um, I Travis, I'll let Travis talk about that, but like I didn't open it yet because, oh, wow. but when I'm going to let you talk about it, you know, cause you've opened it. Right. But I'll tell you why I have an open mind, but that's what I bought. I, if we're talking about rise of Skywalker specifically 4k target exclusive bonus content. Now, if you think about it, well, Dotson, didn't you buy the 4k pack and doesn't have rise of Skywalker in it? Why did you buy both? Yeah, I have a problem, but, um, <laughs> I love Star Wars, so <laughs> well, I shoot did too. Me, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you know, I've got dorks. Oh, I've got ten cases of well, actually more if you count all the different versions of all the all these Blu-rays and 4Ks. It would just look really weird if I didn't have the Rise of Skywalker sitting next to all of them, you know. So yeah, I had to get yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got the same version that you did from Target, and I was kind of surprised that. Um, there was a special uh, con- like exclusive content there because as far as I can tell, they didn't advertise it. It's not even on the back of the case talking about it. It's just an extra DVD. Nowhere advertised. And it's like nowhere you, advertised at, at all. You no, pop the DVD no. in and there's not even any menus telling you what it is. It just Nothing. starts yes. right up. And I was yeah. just kind of wondering what the hell. I think it's like deleted scenes from the Skywalker legacy. Just kind of I like, think you're right. Yeah. They yeah. wanted to cut that down to two hours. So they cut some parts out and put that on a DVD. But. Uh, yeah, I was glad to see that. Like, I've I've been buying the Target versions because of the bonus content, and I just kind of decided to go with the Target version this time because of tradition. That's where I've always gotten it, so I was glad to see that. But yeah, like John said, I bought... Hey, Travis, one sec. Yeah, yeah. If you think about where the Target special edition... This is so nerdy, but if you think <laughs> about where the Target bonus edition started with The Force Awakens, yeah. do you remember that cut-down case? It was pretty bad. Um Right. Yeah, they were going in, for in this terms of the low, packaging. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're going for this low packaging thing. And then people really complained about it and they turned it around with the Rogue One version, which I think is one of the oh, best man. versions yes. they've ever released. Yes. Um, just with the re, with the rechangeable out, you know, face covers of it. Um, but The Force Awakens is the worst version they've ever done. I mean, the movie's great. Everything included is great, but the packaging is terrible. Um, everything after the, the target versions or versions are aces. I think they're superior. Yeah, hundred percent agree there. I do like the the Best Buy steel books, but uh, early on the content was more important to me than that. So that's kind of what I went with. Yeah, I never, I don't, I don't do the steel books. Yeah, you know? even though I have a problem, it's not that that much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like like you said, John, I got the the Skywalker 
legacy collection on 4k and it's this nice beautiful box that like the box itself is so well engineered like you slide it out and you can't without trying to force it you can't even detach the top from the box itself like it all stays together really well and there's just some beautiful macquarie concept art in there and uh it's it's such a great I mean, it's, it's worth every penny for collectors. And if you don't, if you want the original trilogy and, and the prequel trilogy and 4k, it's kind of your only physical option right now. Um, and speaking of which, after buying this, I was noticing that rogue one was not, it well, since it wasn't included and it didn't have a 4k release until long after that was the only one that we didn't have in 4k so i bought that one yet again so that we could have that one in 4k on the shelf yeah that's great we have, did it come with anything special <laughs> rogue one 4k was there anything special with it or just the movie and all the special yeah it was the same stuff that was on the okay. original one okay as far as i know right as far as i know one other thing about the the 4k um, massive mega pack. Um, it retails for about $200, right? Travis was 180. I can't remember it. 200 or Mm -hmm. 180, something like that. Something like that. Anyways, um, it is limited. I don't know what that means. Limited the amount they can sell forever. (laughs) I have no clue, um, what that actually means. But one of the things too is, um, that it comes with the, the codes for the 4k versions of all the films digitally as well. So I'm, so you can get those about for about a hundred dollars. Or 80, depending on the where you're buying all the films for 4K for, for the most part. So, you know, get, get a box, get a couple discs, uh, you know, um, it's, it's not a bad deal. So the reason why I didn't open it was because I have collected a lot of major versions of Star Wars. I, I still have yet to get the trilogy on Laserdisc, but I have all the major format versions that I care about, at least. Um And this 4K version was just too much of a collector's item to pass up for me. Like I was like thinking, well, you know, there's probably going to be a lower package version they'll release with all the Star Wars movies on 4K in the future. But I wasn't certain they were. And then I also realized that this is a limited version. So I bought it. Keep it in the original shrink wrap. And if they release another version that's a lower packaging version with the digital codes, I might like buy that one and actually open that one and then sell the one I have if it becomes a collector's thing. But the more I see it on my shelf, the more I want to open it and I want to have it forever. <laughs> so I don't know if it's yeah. ever going to happen. But I, but I like, like told myself like, no, you could sell this at some point if another version comes out. And I don't, I don't think that's happening. Um, it's just so, it's so cool. It's got the death star on the cover and it's absolutely just beautiful. And I haven't even opened it yet. And I already think it's amazing. So <laughs> cool i was kind of surprised at how much it weighed pulling it out of the box too like it you could you could really knock somebody out with that thing (laughs) yeah yeah um exactly right it also doesn't go on a shelf very well it takes up like all of the shelf yeah so you have to have a place to display it or tuck it in because it does not tuck in next to your regular uh blu-ray or dvds but i i think that's really the point of it it really is a collector piece that's meant to be showed so yeah So the the Rise of Skywalker has been with us for five months now, uh, and we probably got to rewatch it here with this home release. Um, so let's talk about 
our current thoughts of Rise of Skywalker. So, John, um, how many times have you seen it up to this point, and how have your thoughts on the film changed? So, I've seen Rise of Skywalker two times. Originally in the theater, and then I watched it when I got the film from Target. So, uh, what was that question then after that one, Travis? I forgot what you were. Uh, thoughts on the film after sitting with it. Right. So, I read someone on Twitter say that the Skywalker saga story is of the emperor and the skywalkers going back and forth for galactic dominance and i that that seems right but not really right or it it's not the way that i that it should be because why should it be that right when i originally watched the original trilogy i never thought that it was a story of the skywalkers versus the Palpatines. But Rise of the Skywalker seems to imply that that is the point, I think, of all the movies. Um, and I just that just doesn't seem, I don't know, like an arc that I love. Unless you all have a thought as to how Skywalker kind of sums it up. You know what I mean? Because if it is the end, then it should sum it up. And when you include the emperor, you kind of are saying that this is, you know, this has something to say about the end. Right. So I'm having a hard time squaring how the rise of Skywalker ends the saga. And it's still it's either not satisfying to me or it's not how I felt like it should have been. like I thought Jedi did it better. And I, I know I'm not trying to be a hater or anything, but I think. So that's one thing I'm trying to square, which is how does the Rise of Skywalker end the saga and how do I look at all of it? You know, now that it's all done, maybe I should start with the Phantom Menace and go through it all again and then figure out, like, what does it mean to me? You know, watching them all together. I mean, it does make sense to start with your favorite, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. Um, But uh, but I want to say from a high level, when I watch Rise of Skywalker again, I really enjoyed it a lot more than in the theater, because when I saw it in the theater, you know, the movie started and I was like, what the heck is this? And then you go all the way to Kylo Ren talking to the Emperor and then somehow the projection cuts off and the lights go up in the theater and someone's like, sorry, the, the, the projection screwed up. You guys have to sit with that for a minute. And I was like, what the hell is going on? This is not what I wanted this movie to be <laughs> like. Um, and that it, it wasn't maybe that bad for the rest of it, but I didn't really have a good time watching it the first time. And you can listen to my original review. It wasn't I wasn't glowing. I was really confused and it was very hard for me. Uh, but watching it a second time, I had a lot more fun. This is a beautiful movie. It's beautifully shot. The score is beautiful. There's so much on screen in terms of, you know, talent here. People are giving it their A game. The actors are doing a great job. You know, these characters have never been better acted. You know, Um, we've never had better Star Wars special effects than this. It's just it's a fantastically beautiful film and how it's shot. I wish, you know, it hit me like other like The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. I think those are better movies than this one. Um, which is sad. But then again, if I think about the original Star Wars trilogy, I don't think Jedi is better than the, you know, the new hope or the empire strikes back, you know? Um, so, you know, 
it's like um, history has a way of rhyming, right? It repeats itself, right, George? So, um, yeah, I, I think from a high level, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Now, I've got some nits and we're going to get into that, you know, as you guys talk about, you know, how it comes back to you and how and your thoughts on seeing it. Like, let's come back and we'll knit it again because I've got more nits. Right. I've written down some and those are always fun to talk about. But I think from a high level, um, I, I was in a place where after my first review of The Rise of Skywalker, where I told you that I really wanted to love this movie. Because right, I love Star Wars. I don't want to dislike Star Wars movies. That's not a choice. That's not a thing I want to do. Right. And I watched it again and I really had a good time. Was it a perfect time? No. You know, um, you know, was I was I loving the camp more this time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, as I loving zombie emperor on the wall more. Yes. <laughs> Does it work very well? Not really. <laughs> no. But did I have a lot more fun? Oh, yeah. Am I kind of glad it's there? Part of me loves that it's there. On the other hand, I try to make sense of it and I'm like, why? <laughs> it was it was I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching it again. All right, Tim, how about you? OK, so this may kind of answer the question, but since having purchased the Blu-ray, I have not watched the actual movie. Just haven't really felt like watching it it's not that i didn't like it when i saw it in theaters i did you know it's just it it's fine and i haven't really felt this urge to go rewatch it i will of course at some point but uh i was mostly the rise of the sky (laughs) one second here's the box quote for for you tim the rise of skywalker it's fine (laughs) pretty much (laughs) like you know it, it it's fun it's fine it's just I don't I don't know. I think part of it is that, you know, my my feelings on The Last Jedi were kind of mixed. If you you know go back and listen to my reviews of that one and then this movie uh, just I, I don't know if they feel too disconnected, like it does not feel like they're part of a solid trilogy. It feels like you've got the first and third movie of a trilogy and then you've got the middle movie of some other trilogy that just happened to have the same characters because <laughs> they, they don't feel like they fit together. So it's kind of weird. And, and it's not that I disliked Ryan Johnson's, you know, take on Star Wars. I just feel like it overall, the trilogy would have been better if they had a little more consistency. You know, like I kind of wish J.J. Abrams had done the middle movie as well if they were going to just have, you know, one person do all three and then let Ryan Johnson do his own take on Star Wars somewhere else. But I don't know. Or bring Ryan Johnson in to finish the the trilogy, you know, like, Agreed. I, I don't know. I heard rumors that he was actually going to be doing the 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 second and then the last one. But um, that would have been a lot of work. I, I don't know if that would have even been possible yeah. for one person to do. Can can I talk about can I ask you a question like this is for Go you hard. and Travis, but mm-hmm. I think one thing actually does work really well. And I agree with you largely. I mean, this very different style filmmakers, very different story. There's no what's the through line. They're kind of making it up as they go, I think, in a lot of ways. But like um, I think one thing that really does work that was set up in The Last Jedi is the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey. And the only reason why it works in The Rise of Skywalker is because of The Last Jedi. Um, Mm -hmm. Agreed. 
And and uh, yeah, or else it wouldn't work at all, because the way that Johnson sets up their relationship, I don't think you could do it in a movie that's as fast moving as J.J. does. Um, yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, no, I I would agree that the Kylo and Ray relationship is the best part about this trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. What were we talking about originally? My thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the, yeah. On the new one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it in the theater. There's still parts of it that I really like. I, as campy as it is, I love the Emperor. I just, I yes. don't know, as after having seen it in the theater and having some time to kind of like, you know, mull it over and think back on it, I've come to the, you know, right now I've settled on, it's fine. It's fun, but it's not great. And I'll rewatch it eventually, but I'm not rushing to do so right now. The special uh, special features are great, though. Definitely watched both the documentaries. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if I would say necessarily that like it would be great if one director had done all of them. But I kind of wish that maybe Kathleen Kennedy had been more of a Kevin Feige type personality to direct, like kind of veer things toward a kind of shared feeling because you know you have a, yeah. a thousand different directors doing these marvel movies but they all kind of have the dna of a marvel movie and i'm not sure if you want star wars to be like that as well like i'm not sure if it would fit as well there but but when you're doing a, a trilogy that's intended mm-hmm. to go yeah. together yeah that, yeah you're both yeah. very right that it feels kind of disjointed and like i noticed that a lot of the it seemed like a lot of people who disliked the last Jedi were more likely to really like rise of Skywalker and vice versa. So I'm not sure if there's anything there or if I'm just seeing things, but I thought that it was pretty good. I still think it's pretty good. I, I'm struggle as to whether I would put it before or after the force awakens, but it is definitely not as good for me as the last Jedi was. I kind of think that Ryan Johnson's vision there was something that we hadn't seen in star Wars before. And I think that's something that a lot of people had trouble with, but it felt more important and more, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what the word is for it, but it just felt more, uh, it, it felt like you were watching a, a solid film more than just, you know, a Star Wars movie, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I, th- I watched The Last Jedi recently, and I think that the biggest strength of The Last Jedi over. Well, the biggest strength, if you compare it to The Force Awakens or Rise of the Rise of Skywalker, is that it has the audacity to slow down and be with the characters that mm-hmm. you want to be with. Yeah. It, it lets them it lets them do they're actually acting their asses off, not running to a place. I love JJ's momentum. He's the king of, you know, well, actually, George Miller's the king of, of, of action. But I but I think like, um, and, you know, but but JJ's so good at it and it, it's so fast moving and fast paced and star trek 2009 is a perfect example of this mission impossible three where it just never relents you know what i mean just it's this amazing action that's just driving the film ryan johnson's the last jedi i think is amazing because it it's like what star wars would do in the empire strikes back they'd slow it down 
and then have them hang out in an asteroid. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. they'd slow it down and Luke would be talking to Yoda, you know, and hanging out. You know what I mean? And that kind of thing. Um, and if you look at the rise of Skywalker, there's not really a whole lot like that. They're running all the place and it starts out, you know, in that way. So I think that for me is, is, is a big difference, which is, it just feels like a star Wars movie because it slows down to be a star Wars movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And honestly, I wish that the rise of Skywalker would just slow the hell down every now and then, because seeing that the first four hour cut release the JJ cut. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Like watching that in the theaters the first time was exhausting, trying to keep up with everything. I feel like it simultaneously tried to do too much and also didn't do enough in some other ways. Like, I still think I, I part of the question was how many times have we watched it? And I honestly don't know. I wa- we, I think we went to see it at least five times in the theaters just because, you know, awesome. big saga ending thing. We want to see it as much as possible, but still like, I don't understand the point of having the three leads just kind of bickering with each other through most of the movie without any kind of explanation as to why or any resolution to it it's like that was just added in there maybe they cut out some important scenes that explained it all or resolved it but it was just kind of tacked on um i really wish we could have seen more of rose uh after her really important part in the last jedi it was she her role was reduced in the rise of skywalker apparently out of necessity because she was going to be working closely with Leia and in a lot of the movie, but they couldn't make the shots work with the, the reworked footage of Leia that they thought they could. So a lot of her parts ended up on the editing room floor because it wasn't good enough. And that's really sad. I would have loved to have seen more of that. Uh, but you know, mostly it was just, it's a lot of fun. Like John, you mentioned the camp and oh my God, the camp is amazing. And like, I'm not sure what they were going for with the emperor's camp, like whether they were in on the joke or not in some cases, but wow, I don't really care either way. I would watch Ian McDiarmid read the phone book with his Palpatine voice for four hours and be happy with it. Like, (laughs) yeah, my God, that guy is a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, talking about the through line, I guess if you think about the entire story as the story of Palpatine instead of the story of the Skywalkers, it makes more sense. But I don't really think that's what people were looking for. The the only Skywalker that's still around in The Rise of Skywalker is Kylo. And he doesn't really rise that much. I mean, he comes out of like, he switches back from the dark side to the light at the end and he plays a pretty pivotal role, but he's not really, I don't know. I don't understand the title. The title suggests something that isn't really in the film. And I don't know. I was happy with how everything ended up, but I do wish that there had been some clearer conclusions to the whole saga. Uh, I do like that. It brought back the emperor because I, having him be in control of the the baddies in all three trilogies ultimately kind of makes sense as a connecting factor but i wish there had been more of that and that might be a good time to kick it back over to john you said you had some nits to pick yeah guys all right let's have some fun again this doesn't this when i knit this movie this is not me hating on it this is me having fun 
with the material. If you guys come up with some nits on along the way, just let me know. Okay, because again, I, this doesn't mean I hate it. Doesn't mean JJ's, a, you know, JJ's parents should have killed him when he was little. <laughs> we go back in time, and we don't need to. It's all good, guys. This is all fun. This is all good and fun. I I had a good time watching Rise of Skywalker a second time. All right, so. You guys know when Kylo lands his ship on the Emperor's planet in the in the beginning. Lightning is coming down everywhere. You guys remember that scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, his ship could be hit, but does he care? No, he doesn't care. He just walks away. Kylo, you suck. Like, ship could explode. What are you going to do? Fly away on your own on the planet? Mm-hmm. He has lightning This is rods. what we're getting. He has lightning rods. He has rods. lightning rods. Right. This is the Emperor <laughs> holdback. Guys, this is what we're going to get for the next 30 minutes is me, is me knitting this. Okay. All right. So <laughs> it's like, it'd be like me parking my car in a flood zone. It's about as dumb. Okay. Immediately, the Emperor wants Kylo to kill Rey. And he knows Rey is, her, is his granddaughter, right? But immediately, like right in the beginning of the movie, the Emperor is like, I want you to kill Ray." Right. He says it right away. Right. But he knows at that point he's his grand. He's her granddaughter. Right. Or she is his granddaughter. Right. He knows that. Right. So why does he want to kill her? Why? Then later, when the Emperor meets Ray, he says he never wanted her to die, but he wants her on the throne, which is like, why did you tell Kylo to kill her then? Yeah, I thought about that some as well. And I think it wasn't obvious to me. I didn't get it. I kind of wonder if he knew that Kylo wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. And yeah, like knew that he would bring her the news and that she would come after him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. If he said, hey, please bring me my granddaughter, Ray, so that I can make her the most powerful Sith that's ever existed. Kylo might have been like, hang the fuck on, man. I want to be the most powerful Sith that's ever existed. So right. it, might have been, it might have been a mind game. I'm not sure. I don't, I'd have to be in JJ well, Abrams head for that. But I, I thought about yeah. that as well because it's, it's a big switch all of a sudden. And I guess it could make yes. sense, but I never wanted you to die. It's like, no, you literally did monster mash. You lie. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you literally did. And like, Oh, it's so funny. Like, if so, if this is true, then it makes sense because I guess he was always Snoke. Okay, which is whatever. And then um, and so Snoke was playing Kylo as well. So like everyone's playing Kylo. I guess it's always been the Emperor all along. I roll, but whatever. You know what I mean? He's always getting played in Kylo, you know, no one can be straight up with my boy, my boy. All right. When she's training with Leia, why does she need a blast shield? Okay, so remember the blast shield, right? They're on the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope because Mm -hmm. it was part of a pilot's thing right on it you'd have it on a thing right it's part of a pilot's arsenal you need a blast shield if the stuff blows up so why is she practicing with a blast shield luke just has one because it's just around there's just the helmet with blast shield on like nostalgia okay fine but it doesn't make any sense why would she train with a blast like shield she could on? just use the blindfold she doesn't need a yeah bla- but yeah. she has no idea luke trained with a blast shield Leia doesn't yeah. know that Luke yeah. trained with the blast shield. It's we know he service. trained with the. It's only fan oh. service. Oh, like, oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm positive just... that's that's all that was. <laughs> I hadn't thought of about course. that, but you make a very good point. That's that's of just course. straight up fan service. I know, I know. They have the same remote, which is. I mean, I get the remote thing, but the blast shield thing. Guys, we're just getting really pedantic here. I, I love the movie. I'm not saying they're terrible people. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not even saying I wouldn't even write that in. 
Uh, but I would have the same question too. I'd laugh at myself for putting it in there. Um, okay. So here's a question, Tim, for you. Are the stormtroopers mm-hmm. worse in this movie than they are in the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi? Uh, worse as in like worse shots, like you know, yes, yes. even more inept than they yes. have been in the previous series. Uh, yes, no, I'd say it's pretty much on par. Actually, I think they are way worse. So if you look at like the first half to seventy five percent of the film, like they must have taken courses of being ineffective at everything. They don't hit anything. And then they get good at the last half of the movie when they're supposed to get good. But if you if you like look at them in this movie, they're terrible. Like if you look at them in the like an empire, they could actually land a shot on the Millennium Falcon when it was going away. Right. They just you just could didn't hit it enough. You know what I mean? But in this movie, it seemed like they're worse than they were before. But, you know, whatever. Uh, OK, not to get off topic here, but um, I just want to what uh, shout out that uh in the Mandalorian, we got not one, but two really great jokes about how bad a shot the stormtroopers are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love those. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. Okay, so when Ray and the gang are escaping Kylo's ship on the Millennium Falcon, Kylo just stands there. He could use the force to grab the Millennium Falcon, as seen earlier in the movie. When he grabs the ship with the force from Ray, who's grabbing the ship with the force, but he lets them get away. Also, apparently Kylo's Star Destroyer doesn't have a tractor beam. That's not a bad point. Maybe the tractor <laughs> beam was not pointed in the right direction. They just maybe like, it wasn't. the whole Star Destroyer around. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it wasn't. But like, he literally used the force to grab a ship and he didn't grab it. <laughs> It's like, okay, it's all cool. Look, I know what they got to get them back to the resistance movie plot. I get it. I get it. Okay. So the emperor is all powerful and all knowing yet doesn't know that Kylo is double timing him. Right. Think about it like this. In the movie, the emperor is supposedly double timing Kylo and Kylo's double timing the emperor because Kylo says to Rey, we'll kill the emperor, you and me together. Right. But the emperor doesn't know that. Doesn't he know that he might know that and just doesn't think of it as a threat? I don't know. Doesn't care. Yeah. Huh. It's like everyone's double timing everyone, but they don't know it or they don't care or something. I mean, isn't that basically like a Sith thing? It's that, you know, sooner or later, the apprentice will like overthrow the master and become the new master. (laughs) So it's just kind of assumed that everybody's out to kill everybody. Right. It's, it's like, they don't even care. They're like, Oh, well, if he wasn't double timing me, then I think he's shit. You know what I mean? Really beautiful. (laughs) It's all like, wait, are you telling me he's not plotting against me? Okay. I need to have a talk with my boy about this. (laughs) (laughs) You need to step up your Sith game, son. How dare you not try to kill me? (laughs) What Sith are you? You're not double timing. All right. Um, Luke says that Leia knew that Ray was a Palpatine the whole time, which meant Luke knew. But how? If he yeah, knew that, in the Last Jedi, was it with me. wasn't. Like, how would you know this? <laughs> right. If he knew in the Last Jedi, it wasn't super obvious, or else he was pretending. Because if you watch the Last Jedi, and this is a wild retcon. Okay, this is the probably the biggest retcon of the. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest retcon of the whole movie, but it's one of the biggest retcons of the whole movie because if you watch the Last Jedi like I did, again, he's like 
Where are you from, Ray? You yeah, know, he that's that big he joke. He really doesn't seem like he knows her at all. No, no, no. he doesn't. Th- that was absolutely a retcon. That was not at all planned until they were already working on the third movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. And and like I'm okay with Star Wars retcons because that's Star Wars, baby. It's fine. Retcon the shit. That one seems like. There are two egregious retcons in this movie. Obviously, this one, which is like, why would you? Why would it even matter that he, that him and Leia knew? Like, how does that help the story that Luke and Leia knew that she was a Palpatine? Team? It doesn't. Like, does it help? Wouldn't it have been like, I'm really sorry. I had to deal with the same news myself when I found out my dad was Space Hitler. Like, wouldn't <laughs> have that been cooler? Like, I've been there. Like, you're gonna, you'll survive. Like, wouldn't that have been better? Like where they could have like had a moment together. Like that's even more like fan servicey, isn't it? Like mm. I, I remember what it was like when I wanted to die when my dad told me that I was space Hitler's son. Yeah. Like, would that have been better? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I think they could have written it so that Leia knew somehow, but Luke was unaware because yeah, it really doesn't seem like Luke knew in the last Jedi at it, all. Uh, unless Leia told him after she became a force ghost or something, but that, that had like whatever. Or had yeah. It. She died, I think already. Right. Cause cut. No, no, she did. Um, she, cause she, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I think she had, yeah, she, she had. had died. Cause they did, they did the whole battle on yeah. the thing. Okay. So when did they have time to build and redesign X wings? Was it after they got fucking wrecked on crate? Hey man, or, they got to make those toy sales. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Yeah. That is the dumbest nitpick. Although we all know, I mean, obviously, right? Okay. So Luke pulls his old X-wing out of the water, and that's one old crusty ship. Yep. But how does it work? It has been completely sunk underwater multiple times at this point. <laughs> okay, guys, watch the Rise of Skywalker. It looks better in that movie than pulled out of the swamp and take <laughs> what the was that like was 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 that was on octo right mm-hmm. so yeah. is octo water just like real good for x-wing is it like clean them out <sighs> turns out that's why it was in the water it wasn't that he crashed it was like oh if i dunk it in here it's gonna get cleaned <laughs> up <laughs> like guys literally it looks better than when it comes out in dagobah i know i watched empire too it looks terrible that movie in in skywalker it looks brand fucking new and none of the circuits are fried nothing like it's like it's like we've it's, it's like the movie's telling you you don't know what putting an iphone in water looks like before they're waterproof <laughs> right it, 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 i don't know i <laughs> this, again this is so dumb but uh, uh, uh i love star wars so much i guess if you're making something <laughs> that's capable of withstanding the lack of like the air oh, pressure inside oh, the ship oh. then I like it. You have to, it would have to be watertight as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that what discounts doing, the fact that Luke literally ripped the door off of his X-Wing to make the door to his hut in The Last Jedi. So. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, I agree. It is a problem. <laughs> but it's awesome. I, I think that's, uh, yeah. Long have I waited now you're coming together 
So, I'm not sure if you're all aware, but we are huge nerds, and that means that we love our special features. Uh, one big part of every episode about the home release of these big movies is talking about these wonderful special features, or in the case of the recent Marvel films, the not-so-great special features. So, um, for The Rise of Skywalker, Tim, what were some of your standout special features? Oh, definitely the documentary. By far yeah. and away, yeah. the uh, the Legacy of Skywalker documentary was the best special feature. It it was incredible. I yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. Um, <clears throat> one second. Let me put my glasses back here a little bit. Uh, it's not the Legacy of Skywalker. It's called the Skywalker uh, Legacy. Thank you. No. Burned. Uh, thank you, uh, Pedant John over there. Um, yeah, so after uh, The Last Jedi, because the documentary that came with that one was fantastic. Uh, I knew, you know, if they were doing a documentary for this one, I wanted I wanted that. And I made a point to watch that one <laughs> before I watched the, the movie again. But um, the yeah, just all the behind the scenes stuff, the, the way they talked about, you know, the, the the old trilogy and then the, you know, bringing in all the like little throwbacks um all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, like all the fun little details that they put in the room where they had uh, John Williams, you know, like uh, cameo in the movie. And they filled his like scene with all these like little details oh, that reference all of the different movies yeah. he soundtracked. Um, like that's so cool to see. That was so incredible. All right, John, what about you? Any standout sp- special features? Uh, yeah, there were quite a few that I really like. Like Tim said, I totally agree. The Skywalker Legacy is a fantastic two hour doc that covers the rise of Skywalker and the Skywalker saga. And it's really beautiful and sweeping. And I I watched it again this morning and it's fantastic. It's I'm not going to say it's better than the rise of Skywalker movie, but it's an amazing addition to it. And one of the best things is it shows off the craftsmanship and the detail, as I was saying at the top of the show. And all the just so many people poured their lives into this movie. And it, it um, it's just it's it's just a really great documentary in a world where special features are dying. This is not that this is this is like a celebration of what movie releases can be and filmmaking. And it's great. A couple other things, you know, were the Basana feature was pretty good. I like it. How I highlighted how challenging it is to shoot significant sections of your movie on location, because when they were in, you know, that area, there was no Internet, no infrastructure. They had to basically bring the city there. Um, and just how much logistics is required to do that is astounding. And how much money was, you know, it cost to make this movie just incredible. Um the Dio feature sort of reminded me how, you know, we don't know very much about the Jedi hunter Ochi of Bestoon and how much it would have been cool to know more about Ochi. You know what I mean? What are Jedi hunters? That would have been kind of interesting. Um, it's kind of like when JJ added the Knights of Ren to The Force Awakens and then he put him in this movie. It's like, well, they're just stormtroopers, really. You know, it would have been cool to know more about that. You know, more character stuff. Yeah, they got they got mentioned in 
the the earlier movies, and then they showed up in the third one just to get cut down pretty much yeah. like, right away. Yeah, yeah exactly so cut right. Down immediately. But before they did that, they looked like they were about to like shoot the most epic heavy metal music video on the planet, standing out on that, <laughs> that uh, in the desert. They had, a, the, they had a couple scenes where they're like marching, you know, uh, w- intently towards yeah. something, but then yeah. never actually do anything. <laughs> and then when they finally show up, yeah, Kylo just kills yep. them all. <laughs> Yeah. And I know we've got no time, you know, in this movie to focus on that kind of thing, like extra characters. But I, I wish I wish they would have. Um, and, and, and everyone well, that probably would have been something that would have been fleshed out in a second movie <laughs> or, you know, in the in the second movie. If the if there was an overall plan for these characters. Yeah, agreed. And, and I think that where are the where's the Snoke's backstory people, you know, because I, I, if our memory serves a lot of this, you know, where's the Snoke backstory in The Last Jedi, folks, um, really wanted to know about um, the Knights of Ren, too. And there's nothing here, but I didn't get, you know, where's the, the where's the Knights of Ren backstory? I didn't get any of that, you know, for this one. It's like the backstory people are just they're they're gone. I don't even know what happened. Um, another really cool feature here is a look back at Lando's journey. It's the movie Disney movies. Well, it was Disney movies anywhere. Now it's just movies anywhere exclusive, but it's so short. It's like barely a minute. Like, can we scrape out five minutes for Billy D? Like we can't, it's just a minute. Uh, John Williams got 12. Give Billy D like five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like give us, but no, had like a minute. It's like a, it's like a commercial or something. It was pretty short. Um, but overall, the level of special features included is astounding and super great. My only the only thing that I would want if I could ask for one thing is um, this movie went through um, a series of rewrites because originally it was slated to be directed and written by Colin Trevorrow and Colin Trevorrow was replaced and Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, his writing partner, got writing writing story by credit uh, in Rise of Skywalker. But we don't know anything about that. There's nothing about that in the documentary. There's nothing about how hard this movie was to make. There was nothing about that. It was basically your a lot of very J.J. Abrams special featurey stuff, which is almost all the good stuff. It's very everyone's awesome. Everything's great. But I know I know this movie was harder than that. You know what I mean? And one of the things I liked about the Last Jedi special features is. You saw a very tired Ryan Johnson. It was you, you saw how hard it is to make these movies. Not that they didn't love making them. And there was a ton of care there. You just saw the struggle, right? You don't really get that here. You know, and, and, and one of the things I really liked about The Phantom Menace is the behind the scenes features really showed how hard that movie was to edit and, you know, about production difficulties and George saying, wow, the first cut of this movie is kind of a mess at the end. Um you don't really get a lot of that here, sadly, um, beyond but beyond the fact that it's a little bit, you know, a little bit bright when it you know could have talked about how difficult it was. Um, it's like an homage to an early era of owning physical media that respects your fandom. And I really love it for that. And I, I would love more like it. Yeah, I think that the director and the Jedi on the, the last Jedi kind of set the new bar for amazing special features. And I don't think this quite got to that point. It was, it was a great feature length documentary. I loved the, the bonus footage of cut stuff cut out of the documentary, but yeah, you're right. It it seemed like the, we got a more personal look at 
kind of the reality of Ryan Johnson than we did with J.J. Abrams in this. And, you know, I, I can see both sides as to why you would or wouldn't want to portray that, but I would have liked to have seen it. It was kind of great getting to sort of know Ryan Johnson in that way. Um, the other, I mean, you guys have said a bunch of stuff about that documentary and I agree with you both. Like it was, it was astounding. But the other thing that stuck out for me was the Warwick and son, uh, special feature, which wasn't super long, but I just love that Warwick has been in, I think every star Wars movie since return of the Jedi in some form. And now he's, his son is, taking that up with him and like work and his son were both Ewoks at the end of the, the rise of Skywalker. And that was a nice little, little special feature. Um, yeah, John, like you said, that, that Billy D digital exclusive. I mean, I guess I'm glad they're not putting the super important things as digital exclusives, but I kind of wish they wouldn't do anything as a digital exclusive and just put them all on the disc. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's give Billy D a little bit more time because I think he deserves it. Uh, I, and I think the one thing that I would have loved to have seen here is in this movie more than any of them was deleted scenes. We didn't get any of those. And I feel like there was a lot of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor. There are a lot of things on the cutting room floor. That, they didn't include any of yeah. that. What? Yeah. What? I think we would have gotten some possibly interesting shots there that they just had to cut out because they didn't have time. Tim, what about you? You didn't mention anything about anything you thought was lacking. Did you... Is anything there that you wished that was there that wasn't? Uh, not really. I was pretty pretty happy with what we got here. Uh, the only thing is just that the exclusivity with some of the different versions yeah. is is a pain. Yeah. Like no kidding. Yeah. Let people buy where they want to buy it, and you know, don't punish them because <laughs> they didn't go through your preferred vendor. Especially when they didn't <laughs> even announce the the extra stuff that came with the one at Target. Yeah, that's that's a drag. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. All right, so let's rate the rise of Skywalker on the ghost scale. Tim, how about you start us off? I mean, it feels kind of silly to, like, give it a rating because at this point, you know, anybody who has any interest in this movie like they're they're gonna watch it and the people who have no interest like they're not gonna give a shit so like it feels a little silly rating it but um having said that i'm going to give it a rad it's i I don't know maybe not quite up to a must watch at this point just because there's been a lot of star wars and I don't really know if this is the best, but, you know, you might as well see how it's come to an end, even though I think we all know that Disney is not going to let it end here. So there will be more coming down the pipeline. But uh, overall, it's a rad. John. I'm with you, Tim. So if you've got Disney Plus, it's streaming there. It started streaming on May the 4th and you just you got to click it. There's not a ton on Disney Plus. Just watch it. Right. It's great. Um, you'll have it's a fun it's a fun Star Wars movie right it's fun you're gonna dig it Uh, let's talk about the physical release Uh, for me if you're a Star Wars fan 
you you gotta you gotta see these special features right if you're not a huge star wars fan you don't really care about the special features like don't get it you know what i mean don't get it but if you like collecting physical media if you enjoy special features if you love star wars you you gotta do it you gotta add it to your collection um i don't think it really matters too much what version you buy 4k versus blu-ray exclusive versus not exclusive um you know if you had the exclusive target versions you know buy that you know what i mean um but they're but if you haven't just pick up any you know any blu-ray version or whatnot and you're going to have a good time i don't think any of the exclusive stuff makes it uh makes you know as anything is mandatory the skywalker legacy is the best part of it and that's on every version do i wish it had like a commentary deleted scenes yes yes but um it's fantastic as is so, yeah, I mean, if you're a collector uh, and you love Star Wars, it's a must buy for sure. Yeah, the documentary is a must watch. The movie, it's just right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that the movie itself is a must watch. And I think I would put every movie in the saga, except for maybe one or two as a must watch. So, you know, maybe don't pay attention to me if you're on the fence. However, yeah, like you guys have said, the the collector's edition well not the collector's edition the special features make this a definite must buy for anybody who is a star wars fan uh and in fact we're recording this like what a few weeks after its release so if you want to buy it if you're kind of in the market you probably already have it and our review scores won't really matter but yes i think it's a must watch movie and a must buy home release Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>